Welcome to the Worst in Faction podcast, starring some guy's girlfriend brought in to make it a GT-level event. You said I could drop after round one, right? A literal baby. <coughs> and of course, John. Yeah, I don't like this bit anymore, Danny. We're not doing it. Yeah, um, we're back. Um, welcome John, once again. We're so back. We're, we are we're so, so back. back. So back. And uh, again, thanks again to my wonderful wife uh, for coming in and helping us with that little bit at the start. She's such a good sport. That is that is not a real show. She, so I asked her if she would come on and record and help us with that little intro bit. And she was like, I'm like you want me to make fun of you guys again? And I'm like, no, 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 no. There, there's just this bit here. It's like, cause she's like, because I can do that. I can read mean things, but I was like, yeah, I know you can. <laughs> I would be happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> a little too happy. So maybe maybe she'll be back in the future to continue to put me in my place. Um, maybe Danny too. Who knows? Probably. Um, but Danny, it's, it's been a couple weeks. Uh, we actually have like a really good episode today as we pivot more towards this kind of interview style. Uh, we are welcoming uh, Best in Faction, which is where I, we were talking about Worst in Faction at the start. Uh, one right. third of that crew with uh, Colin Sherman coming on to talk to us about you know, himself, his podcast and kind of charity hammer. And I got to tell you, I mean, behind inside baseball, we've said it last two episodes. Now uh, we've already recorded the interview. It was a, it was a really good uh, conversation with Colin. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, it was super awesome. Always good to talk with Colin. Always good to talk with Colin, but, uh, more importantly, always good to talk to you, Danny. Uh, what, have, what have you been up to the past couple of weeks? Uh, it's been a little quiet around the McDevitt household, um, with the holidays going on, of course, um, things have been busy. Uh, so I haven't got as much time to do hobby and stuff as I would like. Um, uh, I have played a couple of games on TTS, so I don't get too rusty. Um, yeah, I've seen you out there throwing some blood angels around. Yeah, I played a Flesh Terrors army. That was pretty fun. Um, oh, my, my apologies. Flesh Terrors. <laughs> well, you wouldn't I? be wrong by saying it's a... I mean, they're a Blood Angel successor. So uh, My answer is just thousands of years too late. <laughs> um, and then, uh, what else? Uh, yeah, I played them. I played my Necrons a couple of times as well. Um, had good results with all of them. Um I think I'm going to try and play a game uh, maybe this weekend. Um, and then I might have a real life game. <gasps> uh, yeah, I know. Watch out. Who, who you so, uh, I've been talking to M John Miller. Uh, I'm going to see if I can go out to his place and play a game. Uh, with him. Oh, maybe show him so, how to play Blood Angels. Yeah. <laughs> no, that one will be Necrons for sure. Uh, I gotta, I gotta teach him to respect the crown again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a fun game, uh, either way. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've been. Oh, I picked up the uh, the Death Guard Heroes, the Space Marine Heroes Series Three. Oh, nice! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Today from our local shop, uh, I was pretty happy to see that in there. 
Um, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of stoked to build those guys. I think that would be a really fun little painting project, uh, to kind of not have me paint Necrons. Uh, yeah. Cause I've been doing that a lot. <laughs> it's it's, it's nice a, like. a nice difference from the, from the purple, uh, and, and, and silver you throw down there for sure. And well, and like these death guard leaks get me excited too. Oh man. Um, they're looking so good. Holy I cow. I'm very, I'm very excited. Um, um, hopefully pretty soon we get to talk more in detail about Death Guard. Um, no kidding. But uh, just kind of, uh, we're not really going to touch on the FAQs today, but some of the points dropped today. And man, yeah, do those no, points. all the points did. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for the new Death Guard stuff too. And man, does it have me excited. Like honestly, okay, we're not going to go like super in depth into it, but the, um, the, uh, the what's the, the terrain piece called? Oh. The, uh, my asthmic. Shoot engine yeah, thing yeah the, the, the big uh the the poop smoke furnace the, the poop smoke <laughs> furnace uh 75 points and for what it does already Man. that is a steal um like you know max minus toughness in the center of the goddamn table round one i know for 75 know. points that is I amazing hope i hope it's kind of small yeah. Um, so that it's easy to put on the table just in case there's like a ton of terrain. You know yeah, what I mean? For sure. So I'm definitely like now I'm like, well, do I need two of those to spread that out like across the entire table? <laughs> um, well, you know, you here's the cool thing too, right? Um, if you're going to take a fortifications detachment anyway. Might as well take two or three of them and especially or, 75 say, points. Take a tree. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Give, give myself some cover. Yeah. Yeah, um, so like I'm really excited for Death Guard. I'm Lord of Virulence, who looks like he has a power fist and a dual flamer is 120 points, which is a steal for that kind of Terminator character. Um, right. And yeah, and then a, a lot of people sent me messages today being like, commiserations on your Blight Haulers. And I'm like, no, they were undercosted by way more than 40 points uh, last time I played them. But it does mean the list I played against you, uh, which made you rage uh, a little bit, was now... Um, <laughs> Over points by 400. So. Oh, man. Dang. <laughs> yeah. So good night, sweet well friends done. to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what Poxwalkers do uh, now that they're a lot. Che- they went down to five points. Like yeah. in a fearless five point unit, like even if it doesn't have this like real disgustingly resilient or a feel no pain or something like that. I've seen some, I think it's still super good. I've seen I some think people bitching about, I've seen some people bitching about it. Like how they're, oh, they're dumb, but they're dumb. Cause remember conscripts, right? Right. Exactly. Like, and just pushing up the center, even if it's just to shield your important units for, with cloud of flies, if that's still a stratagem, right? Like that kind of stuff is still very good. Right. Um, so I, I, I like them a lot. I'm, I'm pretty, ha- I'm pretty happy. I, I saw also, sorry. And I don't want to like derail this too much about the fact, um, cause we'll, we're going to go a little bit more in depth, uh, on it than the next episode. Um, but the, uh, uh, the dark angels got a new, ca- their points were oh, in there yeah. from the new book and they have the option to induct units. So either into the death wing or maybe the Raven wing for some of the choices would be really interesting. I'm going to induct um, uh, Terminator characters into the Raven wing. Just yeah. to really break Oh, the well, I, no, I, I, think you can induct, <laughs> I think you can induct primary, like there's a primaris Lieutenant option to induct into the death. I think I assume the death wing cause it's the one with the storm shield. Oh, so yeah. it's like the blade yard veterans. Maybe, maybe then, he surfs uh, it Legolas style. Yeah, maybe that'd be pretty cool. But uh, they also have the option to give it to dreadnoughts and land raiders and uh, storm raven gunships. So it would be super cool to see what that all does, man. Because if it's 
if they remove that infantry tag from the uh, inner circle keyword and they give it, they give it out or the inner circle rule mm. um, and give those like space marine vehicles transhuman physiology more or less. <laughs> That's going to be pretty good, man. I will bathe in salt tears for weeks. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be amazing. And they got a new character option. There's like a death wing. It looks like maybe a death wing Lieutenant. Um, kind of like the, uh, the talent Raven wing talent master. You can never have enough, uh, space Marine lieutenants. No, of course not. No, but a Terminator Lieutenant, which is something that nobody has, which is, uh, very cool. I'm, I'm very excited. Oh yes. I'm very excited. Overall, this fact is great. Um, I need to stop talking about it, though, or we'll just talk about it for the yeah. entire rest of the thing. Um, let, let me, I want some more time to look it over. So. Yeah, let me uh, jump into what I've been up to. Uh, I have yeah, a sound John, effect. Tell, us, I have a tell sound, us about your exploits. I have a sound effect that kind of really sums up what I've been up to hobby-wise. <laughs> um, very little. Um, I feel like, and again, I think it's just like uh, the holidays, like New Year's and, and Christmas and everything is really kind of eaten into my hobby time. Um, that and a, a certain game set in 2077 has, has like taken like oh, 30 same. hours of my life so far. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, which by the way, good on Xbox. Uh, I started playing it on my series X and then that got broken by my son. Uh, so I sent it away to be repaired by my save <coughs> file. I went to my other Xbox and now that my series X is back and repaired, it went back to that again. So didn't skip oh, a beat. That's cool. I'm like super cool. I didn't lose any of my time. Uh, but anyway, Warhammer, what I did do is uh, I finished Avenging Sun, uh, finished listening to that with the original narrator because he was actually replaced. Um, I got an email from Audible. Uh, they re-recorded the book with a different narrator after uh, consumer feedback. You did say that his voice sounded pretty weird. Um, it sounded weird, but okay. So like about, and this is the but weird. you were into it. Halfway through, I got really into it. Um, Gulliman sounds like just a twat. Uh, like the whole way through. But then there's a part where one of the new Primaris uh, officers points out that, you know, this guy is from 10,000 years ago. Language is different. He's going to sound weird. Could you imagine, like, if someone from Earth 10,000 years ago shows up today and talks in English? Um, it's going to sound real weird. Uh, so when it's that. Be a bizarre accent. Yeah. Right. So when that came across, I understand that choice now and I appreciate it. Now, I think, honestly, like they needed some way of pre framing that at the start of the story and yeah. not halfway yeah. through because it was one of my big complaints. Like, well, through, so I can see why people would stop listening. Um, but when you understand that part, I really appreciate it. I haven't gone back. Uh, they got John Banks in, who's just, he's an amazing um, narrator uh, for these books. Um, so, so they brought out the big guns to redo it. Uh, so I'm glad I did my read through or listen through on, on the original one here. Uh, and like I said, it's a little sad it's gone, but I, I totally understand it. And honestly, good on them for like listening to their customer feedback and re-recording that because that is a no small task. Um, yeah. Also the new one is about two hours shorter. So, really? so yeah, it really goes to show how it was, uh, narrated and talked. Um, all, all the space Marines just sounded like posh English people. Which I, in the old version, which I think was an, an issue as well. But honestly, super good book. I love where they're going with it. Uh, I think I said to Daddy, my favorite thing is now, according to this Avenging Sun book, the, the Horus Heresy novels are canon as existing in, in Warhammer 40K. They're like the historical records of what happened because the guy who was writing them, um, and he started writing like Horus Rising. Uh, he says, I took some artistic liberties to make it easier to read. 
And then he starts. Oh, cool. And then he started reading them. And it was like, I was there. I was there the day um, the Emperor slew Horus. And I'm like, mother, did you just canonize your entire Black Library thing? Um, And I thought that was just a really clever way of like tying it all in and together. So I was a big fan of them doing that. Um, Also, the main bad guys in this was uh, Corn, which is a bunch of Corn demons. Uh, There's another Death Star style weapon, which I'm all about. Um, but it's very satisfying, and I'm really interested to see where this um, this, this series goes because this was set up as being like another huge blockbuster event, um, right. and, and then they kind of died out a little bit, went a little bit quiet. So we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm excited for the future on it. It's an Ultramarines novel I'm excited about, so that in itself is like super unique. That's bizarre, yeah. Um, but mainly, again, it comes from like the Inquisitor. There's some side characters. Um, it rewrites and this is i think why they're going back and rewriting dark imperium or or adding things to like the dark imperium series because it re sort of redefines what happens when primaris kind of first come out because this um book comes like right after gulliman um just up fucks the high lords uh, and kind of reorganizes a little bit there um okay to write just as the indominus crusade launches so you get oh, okay, to cool. you get to be there when they unveil Primaris, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" You know, um, there's a Primaris Alpha, who's a character from a, a previous book, I think, a thirty k yep. novel. Um, no, he's from uh, Oh Call, uh, right? Call book. The Great yeah, Work. Great work. Yeah. Um, he is super good. He's not in it very much, but I love all of these little things, like they're pulling him in from the Call book. They're pulling like the thirty k novels into it. Um, and just, it's, it's really satisfying seeing like everything kind of like they're, they're breathing in like a giant inhale of knowledge and lore and getting ready to kind of like exhale new stuff. Um, and I'm really cool. excited to see where it goes next. Um, I started buried dagger and uh, getting back into 30 K while I wait for the next uh, siege terror book. Um, that's been super cool so far. Uh, and just kind of really getting ready for that death card release. Um, because I got to tell you, we're not talking about FAQs, um, but like the the drop today with the points really has re-energized me uh, for Death Guard and just for 40k Good. in general because uh, it was lulling a little last couple of weeks. Oh, and I, I bought a, th- a resin printer. So I bought a 3D printer. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So um, I'm excited to kind of play around with that. Uh, I made a joke. It looks just like a blender that you would see at Starbucks. It's like exactly <laughs> the same shape and size. Um, but instead, it's liquid death. And when I opened it, my wife was like, why is there a mask and gloves in here? I'm like, oh, because the, the chemicals are very toxic. <laughs> like, like, let's put this beside a window. Uh, but no, I'm excited to, to start playing with that. Uh, mainly, I looked at it to start uh, for, for things like Blight Lord, Terminators, um, and uh, Havocs and things like that, where the kits are beautiful, but you get like one weapon option from each of those. Sure. Um, so excited to find some third party files to get, to get some off brand, uh, chain cannons and, and nice. kind of blight axes and things like, I mean, cause that's mainly what I want. I want to do with it is just play around. Also make some tokens, just stick around, make stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Like objective markers would be cool yeah. or like even tokens for your army to remember stuff. Wound markers. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm excited to kind of play around with that and see how that goes. Um, but yeah, that's really been all I've been up to. Uh, I, I'm expecting like next time we record uh, a lot more stuff because I expect the Death Guard drips to keep coming and keep coming. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm just keep on drilling Furies, I guess, which are now one point cheaper than uh, Dark <laughs> Dark Dark Elder bikes, which is a thing. 
<laughs> Danny, we're going to we're going to take a quick break, um, but when we come back, we're going to be joined like I said by our guest this episode, Colin from the Best in Faction podcast. And what better way to lead us in than a Best in Faction coast pairings app? Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings. And the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? Man, what an amazing segment slash uh, bit we just did. It was either really informative or very funny. Uh, and also whatever ad we chose to go on before this, amazing. Um, just amazing. Just the best. Uh, so our guest this week is one third of the best in faction, uh, a competitive Warhammer 40,000 podcast, as well as an organizer of Charity Hammer, a marathon 48 hour nonstop multi-stream wargaming event that's raised thousands of dollars for child's play. Uh, he's in a podcast guest-a-thon mode, uh, going from show to show to show, and has finally lowered himself to mob rules. Uh, Colin Shearman, Welcome. Well, it's great to be here. This is lowering myself. This is like the show, right? <laughs> well, we've tricked you again. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of dumb, so Colin, you you uh, have played 40k for a while. Um, how did you speaking get started? Dumb, yes. <laughs> how did you get uh-huh. started with Warhammer? Uh, what was kind of your your gateway into the hobby? So uh, I was uh, 16 and I got a uh, driver's license and decided that I did not like being at home. So I started spending every moment I could at this game store. It was about 20 minutes away. And the manager of that game store was Mr. Chuck Arnett, who I do the uh, podcast with. And originally, um, originally it was all about magic, the gathering. I played magic, the gathering very competitively traveled all over the state at that time. 16 through 20 wasn't a great time for me to jump on an airplane, but I drove all over the state and went to Oregon uh, and played in tournaments all over the place and was uh, uh, really quite good is what I've chosen to remember. Was I good? I don't know. But my memory is that I was really good at it. And uh, the the store, all the people at the store would go in these cycles of what they're doing. And so there was was, uh, magic, and then we played that jihad card game. Oh, and then yeah. we would play, yeah, right. And then suddenly we were playing Necromunda, and that was amazing. And then we were playing Second Edition Warhammer 40k, and that was amazing. And uh, I started building a Dark Angels army, um, which is funny, right? Because I don't like I don't play any Chaos armies other than that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's funny because they're terrible. <laughs> I, it was a terrible joke, and someone laughed anyways, and I appreciate that. Um, so. 
Uh, Dark Angels and then Imperial Guard. Uh, I still own my massive metal Valhalla and Imperial Guard army from then, from the 90s. Uh, but then I lost track. I went to college, and I lost track with everybody. Chuck moved somewhere. Chuck had a kid. We lost track of each other. About um, 2016, I think it was the, the the end of 2016, I took my kids to a game store, and they thought Age of cool. So I bought the Age of Sigma box set. Section 40K had come out. And I, we put them all together, and I bought a, considering I never went to a tournament with them, I bought an offensive amount of Age of Sigmar. Um, <laughs> and just a stupid amount. And we painted so much of it. We've sold almost all of it now because I don't think I'll ever play Age of Sigmar again. Uh, it's a good game. I just like 40K better. Uh, sure. Anyways, we're playing Age of Sigmar with the kids. Like, I'm playing it with them over and over again. And then 8th edition 40K came out. I played one game of it, and I'm like, oh, my God. So for me, I, the complexity of 40K was very appealing, but also I'm a robot and spaceships and lasers guy over dragons and swords. Like, I like dragons and swords fine, but I'm much more excited about spaceships and lasers. So uh, 40K had me, had me hooked, and I started playing and tried to find tournaments locally, and it turned out that the head of the local kind of best team in, in the state for 40K was my friend from childhood that I had not seen in forever. And there you go. <laughs> Suddenly, I knew all of the competitive 40K players in the area. <laughs> Just like that. Nice. So when you came back in, uh, what, what army kind of drew you? Like, what, what did you start doing, like, in 8th edition? Well, I started off by trying to teach myself to paint, because uh, I didn't remember how. And I was painting Deathwing Terminators, and I started playing as the Dark Angels. And I, and I was like, wait a minute, these aren't good. <laughs> so... <laughs> They just weren't. At the beginning of 8th edition, they weren't any better than they were later in 8th edition. Uh, anyway, so I started playing Guard, and I made a math hammer list. I didn't know that's what it was, but it was. I did. I made spreadsheets, and I nerded out over it, and I uh, took it to an RTT and went 2-1. and one. Uh, The game that I lost was my first tournament game ever, and I put my army box on the table to deploy my army, and he was playing Orcs. And when I picked up my army box, I realized I hadn't screened the entire side of my battlefield because my box was in the way of it. So I just deployed like, I just deployed on like three quarters of my deployment. And he came in behind me with a big unit of boys and the game ended quickly. Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, then I won the next RTT I went to. And then I went to a major tournament with no idea. No, I didn't win the RTT. I went to the major tournament having only been to one RTT and gone two and one. And I won that tournament and uh, and uh, got onto the Legion, the 40K team I'm on now, and then went to SoCal Open and went did well there. Don't remember how well. And it just kind of was off from there. Um, I was like, hey, this is fun. <laughs> Wife, do you want to go to San Diego with me so I can play 40K? She said, San Diego, you say? <laughs> and suddenly we, were, suddenly we were eating tacos for every meal in San Diego and I was playing 40K. I gotta say that makes it like really easy for me to sell it to my wife too. Like if I want to travel for something, we're like, Hey, I want to go to a tournament. She's like, well, no, I'm like, it's in Vegas. And she's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, you have to have the right, you have to have the right wire. Your wife has to be wired the certain way though, because like my wife is completely fine spending the whole day by herself. I don't think that's for everyone, but like Stephanie will just like leave and be like, and she'll come back at lunchtime at the tournament and be like, how you doing? I'm like, what have you done? She's like, these 11 things. I'm like, okay, I played a game of 40K while you were, like, 
<laughs> okay. So that is uh, 10 more things than I accomplished in that same time phrase. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I did this. I did this one thing. I have this new friend that I enjoyed this three hours. I'll probably never see him again, but here he is. Um, so, so you've talked about, you had a couple of big wins and your second event, you kind of took, took the gold away there. What has been sort of your biggest loss at 40 K so far? Or like a game Ooh. where you just, you're like, Oh God, no. Um, well, I've told the story a number of times on the show about my first big loss where I acted like an absolute ass, um, and just, and regretted it forever. And I've apologized to the person like three times. Um, so I, I, I did, I did well easily. There was not a lot of work initially. I <laughs> doesn't, it didn't stay that way. But at the beginning of eighth, I was able to win just by being good at math and kind of a quick learner. I, there wasn't any other skills I was doing and I was winning a lot and I won a bunch of stuff in a row. And then I went to this GT and the Eldar codex had come out and I didn't know that the Eldar codex basically uh, crippled the guard codex. This is early eighth, right? So I've got the guard codex and there's a few, there's, I think there's a few months where the craft codex doesn't exist yet. And in that time I'm wrecking people. <laughs> and I go to this tournament and there's this, you know, negative three to hit army of Eldar that just obliterated me. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't kill anything. It was awful. <laughs> and I got salty and mad. Cause I, you know, I'm, I, I was God's gift to 40 K, you know, like I, <laughs> I had come, come from my mother's womb, fully full ready to, de to defeat everyone in 40 K forever. I was going to, I was going to beat Nick Malabadi. It was going to be fine. Um, and I went to this tournament and I just got hey, my, my ass handed to me by this fantastic guy from Idaho, uh, Matt Johansson. I always use his name because he knows I tell the story all the time. Uh, and then I was just awful and he wasn't happy because I was being such a dick. So he started being <laughs> and it was just an awful experience. And, uh, the next time we played each other, we kind of just buried the hatchet and we were friends now. Uh, but <laughs> that was a that was a eye-opening thing like oh you you are not actually god's gift to this game that's actually not who you are i think like uh, so early eighth like that as well especially when the eldar codex came out it was starting to become like a real rock paper scissors sort of like deal for like a lot of the armies that were coming out there yeah i think that guard was overpowered at the time and i just didn't know it because i didn't follow the game to that degree uh but i think that having the book and having you know units of it wasn't nothing was nerfed yet right so you had you had units of 30 conscripts with orders and you had millions of plasma for way too few points. Um, so it I think I was winning in part because I had better rules than everybody else, but I had it. But after that loss, I lost a lot. I didn't, I didn't know. I wasn't ever like the one in four guy at a tournament, but I didn't win another tournament for months. Um, I was going to a lot and I kind of had, that was when I actually, um, that actually is about when we started the show. And when I started my journey to being to like actually putting the effort in to be good, which I, there was a lot of effort and it was very deliberate effort, but the, uh, and the initial wins were certainly not from, from practice and, and, uh, experience. So, yeah, you mean, you mentioned a lot, like you, you had a lot of wins and kind of, you had like a little bit of a false sense of confidence kind of coming out of that there. Um, like, and then you kind of went on this, not losing streak. Cause obviously you're still like positive, but you're not kind of finishing like top two, top three of the tournaments. What what mm -hmm. are you learning from those losses? Like, what are you kind of taking away from that that helped you improve to, to where you got to? Well, uh, it's more meta than that. It's higher level than that. Uh, I didn't actually understand the game at the level that I... So, um, 
I play 40K uh, in the most intellectual way possible. If you offer me three lists for a tournament, I want the one that is the most difficult to play. That's, that's in general what I'm drawn to. But I didn't know that. And what caused that for me was moving from Guard to Tyranids. I moved to Tyranids and I asked questions. I had Nick Nanavati helping me and I asked questions like, I don't understand how a Shadow Star doesn't just, doesn't just beat me. Like, I can't kill it. I'm never going to kill it. I can't charge it with gene stealers and the hive guard aren't going to kill it because my math was how do I shoot this thing and kill it in one turn, which isn't how Tyranids win. It is, I guess at times, but not right now. And so um, he kind of, he kind of helped me. He directed me to some battle reports of his friend playing Tyranids playing. This is the double crack and gene stealer thing. Um, and I was just, I loved it. And so I took it to practice night here in the area and I just started playing it and I just started winning with it. And it wasn't because, uh, it wasn't because the list was just better than everybody else. It was a really strong list, but it was hard to play. And I was able to use knowledge of the game, like movement and close combat. And so I kind of had to learn every nuance of you, you guys, you guys know, and a lot of your listeners are like a big part of eighth edition close combat was all of the free movement all right. of the pylons and and follow-ups and the and the especially with gene stealers all of the shenanigans of wrapping things and running away and maneuvering around the table and uh but i still couldn't win a tournament uh uh i won i did win a couple things with tyranids but i didn't win i wasn't winning like regularly with it um it was just and i think it was just because it was hard and i was learning it and so then I tried taking Double Spear Yunari to a tournament, which was literally that Tyranid list, only easy to play comparatively. Um, and then that was when the that was when the winning started. When I combined, I put all of these reps in, and I combined that with this is a really this is an S tier list. I think that um, the guard lists I was playing when I went after the Eldar Codex came out were never S tier. Um, I think it was like this thing happened where I had put all the time in to understand the nuance of the game. And then I, and then I got handed a thing that was just too good. Right. That was after it had only been nerfed a few times. It was still the best list in the game uh, uh, at that point when I got handed it. And then I won like, I don't know, something stupid, like six GTs or majors in a row. Wow. Uh, and that was, and that, that was kind of like, I went, uh, when I lost my first game at LVO with Double Spear Yanari, uh, I had gone something like 28 for 29 with it in tournament play or something crazy like that. It was just like this sudden like, oh, my knowledge of the game is being paid off with this abusiveness of this list. Um, and then and then I started you know, going back to normal when I left that list, and then I had to learn a different thing, and then I won some stuff with Eldar. So now it's like this cycling thing where sometimes I'm doing well and sometimes I'm just another guy and it just depends on, you know, where I'm at and what I'm learning and what I'm working on. Right. Sure. I'm super excited to, for, for it to be kind of like the thing where like Nick's giving you this advice and helping you with tiered lists and you turn around like, you know what, you should really charge for this coaching thing. You're real good at it. And it's kind of like, that's the genesis <laughs> of like the, the, the paid coaching services. All right. I'll t all right. I'll be cocky and tell you the real story there. All right. This is, <laughs> this is, this is a level of, of self-promotion that I would not do on my own show. Oh, I love it. Uh, so uh, I heard Nick interviewed on chapter tactics uh, after my major, my GT win after my major win. So my two tournaments in before going to SoCal open 
and he was interviewed on chapter tactics and he didn't say he wanted to be a coach. He didn't say anything about coaching. I looked him up on Facebook and I saw that he was working as an analyst, um, like an analytics analyst. And I'm, I'm in the, like, like Danny, I, I spent most of my career with working with data. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'll be friends with this guy. And so I like hunted him down and I went, I went, I went to Dick and I'm like, Hey Nick, I see that you're really good at 40K and maybe a really analytical person based on where you live. And this is why I think we'll get along. I'd like to pay you for coaching. And he said, funny, one other person mentioned that to me this week as well. So they're me and some other mysterious person are the first two coaching clients. It's going to say the beta coach. The beta coach. Well, we actually <laughs> did a thing where, where Chuck and I and our, our good friend Harrison uh, we flew Nick out before Nick's coaching service was really a big thing. We flew him to Seattle, having never met him and spent the weekend with him, like basically just doing coaching reps over and over and over again with Nick. Uh, we paid him to come out and he just, we just played non from morning to night for like three days. And then he went home. And so what we didn't know is that Nick and I were making quite the friendship on that weekend. <laughs> and we ended up doing charity hammer, which I know we'll talk about together, but it was, uh, it, there was a lot of immaturity there, right? He'd never, he'd never gone to someone's house to coach them on something. Uh, I, I was 38 or whatever, and he was 23. There was that big difference, but to see that from that to now, Nick is learning, you know, really fast how to be an excellent kind of leader of the community and coach. So I, that's been from the cheap seats. Uh, actually, I guess uh, from the VIP box, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed watching, I really, really watched, enjoyed watching that uh, transition, especially because Nick likes to play the same level of bullshit that I like to play in the game. He wants a million janky things he can do. He doesn't want to just shoot someone off the table. Sure. So it's fun for me to, fun for me to follow his lists and, and give them a try when, when relevant. So you, you talked about reps and kind of playing with Nick and kind of like uh, getting reps in against Nick there. What are some other kind of really good resources you've used over the years to help you improve at your game? Well, I, I tried to talk to Danny as much as possible. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, you know, okay. Young... Shit, that's what I was doing wrong. I don't want to talk to him. Um, so this is really a stupid answer, but it's true, and I'll explain why. Um. I believe it's really important to start a podcast. <laughs> uh, I have analytical data which says you're false. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, there has to be some. There has to be some amount of talent, John. Okay. Um, Thank Christ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Practice. Not you can't just practice, right? There has to be something there originally. Um. Okay. Uh. So, uh, the that's the joke answer, but the real answer is related to that. Um. Chuck and I both saw massive improvement in our game when we started doing the podcast. And the reason for that is we're talking through every game, which means we do the game and then we talk about it because we're at the tournament together probably. So we do the games, we talk them through, we go through together what we learned and what we, what we need to do better. It, was it a good win? Was it a bad, you know, how did we act at the table? How, like the whole thing. We talk about that whole thing. We're often roommates at these tournaments. And then we, uh, and then we get on, and then a week goes by and we get on the show and we remember the games because we talk through them and we talk through the games and we explain what happened and we learn a ton about what happened and what, what we need to do better. And you don't have to have a podcast to do that. That's the way we did it. Literally just to have a best friend, have a buddy you go to tournaments with 
and just, you know, go through the games and then wait a week and go through them again. Don't just go through them that day. Think back to them. Now, who went first? What would have, would it have mattered if somebody else had gone first? What would I have done differently if I hadn't had first turn? <laughs> Everybody wants to talk about 40K, right? Like that's, that's why we're all here. But that's a way to talk about 40K that's actually productive to, get, to getting better. There's another thing that we've changed about the, because of COVID, <laughs> about the way that we play that I'm going to keep. Uh, you know, it's kind of like there's a bunch of this COVID. COVID's terrible, but there's a bunch of things that COVID has caused that I don't want to have go away. Like, I love that people will bring me food and I don't have to talk to them or see them. That they'll just leave the food on the porch and like I'll tip them. That's fine. Oh, it's but great. I don't need to be their friend. I love the picture uh, of food on my porch. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't want. I don't want to be their friend. I don't want to know what's up with them. I don't want to see whether they're wearing their mask or not. Just leave the food and I'll come out in a minute. Uh, <laughs> So uh, one of the things we realized is uh, we end up playing the list that we're trying to get reps with. So if I'm trying to win with Yunari, I want to play Yunari. And the problem we have is you end up with this niche thing that you're always practicing against. So because of COVID and streaming, we didn't just want to stream whatever I'm excited about into whatever Chuck's excited about every week over and over again because it's boring. And we've been streaming, trying to stream once a week at least. So what we're doing is we're each working on a number of different things. Our collections are big enough that that's not a big hobby project. Uh, yeah. It's just, and we proxy a little bit here and there. Uh, like I don't have my Dimecarons together yet, but I've played a bunch of Dimecarons. Uh, so you, what we ended up being able to do is Chuck's trying to learn Silver Tide, which is the, you know, the, the uh, Silent King, right? Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of Necron Warriors, a list built around it. Richard Sigler's uh, kind of the original designer of it, to my knowledge. Anyways, Chuck's been playing that, but he's always been playing it into like Pyranids or White Scars or these fast-moving close combat armies. So I play guard into him. I own guard. I know how to play guard. And we were we both got a ton out of that. I got a lot out of playing a different thing, and he got a lot. Even though he's not most excited about Necrons, he learned a lot about the game, seeing that kind of blocking and tackling style basic game rather than the nuance of super fast close combat uh so we're going to keep doing that and we're also going to try to do some list trading you know we we play enough against each other that like he'll come over and he'll give me his sisters and i'll give him my white scars and we'll play the opposite sides of the match i think there's stuff like that that you can do i will do that on stream for sure i think there's stuff like that that you can do that that helps you with your basic understanding of the game and people don't realize how important that is like stupid stuff like remembering to do scramblers, it's easier to teach yourself to do that when you're also trying to learn a new army, believe it or not. Because it's one more thing you're trying to remember to do, right? It's, it's, it's a, I don't know, I can't think of the words I've tried to use for that. It's just a, it mixes it up and helps you learn. That's all. No, I was going to say one thing I appreciate about Danny is like whenever we have a game organized, like one of the first things he asks me is like, what do you want to play into? Uh, I think there's a lot of value in kind of understanding the game from a broader thing. That's the other thing we didn't talk about, John, when you asked me about get, ways to get better. Um, I think battle reports, super easily the most important thing I've done. Uh, other than just playing the game, uh, watching battle reports and really paying attention to them and second-guessing what people are doing, thinking in your head, what would I have done differently there? Oh, he lost, but I could maybe he could have blah, blah, blah. Like That's how you learn. the. There's learn, there's knowing your, your rules and then there's understanding how to win at 40k understanding how to win at 40k is what does our army do what does my army do how's the game going to play out 
there's a lot to that that you only get from experience. And one of the ways you can get experience is watching other people play. Yeah, for sure. I, I find myself when I'm watching those battle reports, like I'm yelling at the TV, like, like almost <laughs> like, almost like a football game, you know, like you idiot, what are you doing? And so like, I find that like, and then when it doesn't work out for them, I'm like, of course it didn't. That was, that was a terrible move. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, and I don't get that I animated. Watch, I want to watch 40k with Danny now. Now yeah. I have to set up a video camera in Danny's house while he's watching a battle report. <laughs> okay, it's like a reaction. I'll video. try and put on pants. That I would like you to be fully clothed. <laughs> no deal. Uh, yeah, I, I would like you to be fully clothed, and I would like and I would like Fred to be in at least twenty percent of the of the footage. That would be my. Those are my requests. Okay. What What about what not do. fully clothed, but like. Uh, a very cleverly placed Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that. <sighs> no one does. I, I, no one does, Colin. <laughs> I, I have to say, I'm going I'm to derail us for a second. Beautiful. I have to say that, that I, I, I didn't, when I listened to your show, it did not hit me how much you're the Colin, John. <laughs> you've, got my, you've got my job, and Danny is, Danny is Chuck. Chuck Mitch, kind of both of them. Oh, kind of, no. kind of both of them. <laughs> so yeah. I like I like Danny because yeah. he laughs at my jokes. Um, bad or not, like I yes. always get the. <laughs> and I'm like perfect. That's the only yeah. validation I need. Yes. <laughs> I have entire friendships built on that. I have people that I don't even know that I would hang out with if they didn't think I was so damn funny. Uh, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Luckily, the, the main one I'm thinking of doesn't play 40k, so that's you know that's all right. Uh, no, it's just, it's neat because, you know, we, I, I ask the, I, I kind of drive the conversation and, and there's color commentary from, from Chuck and Mitch. So it's fun to watch you be Colin and I get to be the guest and I'm enjoying that. Well, and good. Then, of course, you're, you're probably the hardest working and least popular member of the podcast. Cause that's certainly my job. Well, see, I, to be fair, I do work very hard at not being popular, um, by just being Excellent. very bizarre. Um, that's kind of how I get mm-hmm. my kicks. Um, like, yeah, are, we about Fraser, are we talking about are we talking about Frazier soon are we talking about Frazier later where in the <laughs> the rest of the interview will be Frazier based <laughs> no. all centaur questions please um, no I did join a Facebook group which is just one gentleman who is making <laughs> it's a, not a group uh, well it's he he's kind of like the, the pusher of it but he's making a scale model replica of every set from Frazier so he has Frazier's apartment right now that he's been working on for a few years. And then he has uh, the the cafe that they go to that he's working on right now. Over Christmas, he added a croissant. Um, so, yeah, it's... Oh, Lord. Yeah, I, I find enjoyment in the weird things uh, in life. So are, you're, you're re-watching Frasier. Yes. Are you, are you enjoying it? I, I have to say, so I... So in, in, in Colin's uh, Best Infection... I, I loved it. I loved it. In Colin's yeah. Best Infection when Discord, I, I've I've grown, like, my, my gimmick is just being real weird. Well, that's not my gimmick, that's just who I am. But uh, I started joking about yeah. Frasier because Danny and I had an in-joke um, where we would just replace actors and movies with Frasier and Niles from the TV show Frasier. And, like, we found it hilarious. Um, so I started watching Frasier so I could, like, make the jokes because my thing was, if someone challenges me on, like, Frasier knowledge, I want to surprise them by being really fluent in it. But it's a really tight show. Like, it's surprisingly good. It hasn't aged 
Um, the jokes are still really, really good. It's still like season one right now. Um, so like, uh, the characters are less caricatures of themselves, uh, and kind of more kind of finding out who they are, but it's, it's, it's delightful. That's the best way I can describe it. It's, it's just 20 minutes a night of like, a, a, a unassuming television where I don't have to worry about anything. Um, and yeah, that's great. I, I, I came prepared with my two favorite Frasier memories for you. What are your two favorite Frasier memories? <laughs> okay. They're both Niles related because Niles is the of funniest course, person of course on the they show. Are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's actually funny in everything. He's not in a ton of stuff, but when you see him in other things, he's very funny. Um, so there's one where uh, there's some, there's, uh, I can't remember the setup. There's something about, there's a Frazier accidentally hurts somebody and they're going to sue him but they go to meet him at the coffee shop to try to talk him out of them. And when the guy gets riled against uh, Niles, he touches Niles and Niles throws himself across the coffee shop, knocking over like every single table and falls to the ground and whispers to Frazier, counter suit. (laughs) I enjoy that very much. But my favorite one is Niles has to meet with a, with a, a, uh, a member of the criminal element to try to deal with $15,000 of parking tickets that, that his wife has. And he meets him and he talks all in 1950s film noir code. <laughs> we, hear the, we hear the things are hot, hot, hot. And you're just the kind of guy to put on the air conditioning like, just talks like that for, the entire, for the entire interaction. And then the guy leaves and Niles says, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I could feel my heart race. Oh, now it's gone. Oh, there it is again. Oh, now it's gone. And Frisch goes, oh, now set yourself up. So that that's going to be my go to whenever i go to a 40k table um and i'm like one and like two one and no tables like an rtt i'd be like hey i see you're pretty hot right now in your game well you can call me an air conditioner and they're not going to understand it yeah. whatsoever but i will giggle yeah. to myself about it. it um okay i i've successfully derailed the show i feel better thank you, you beautiful you with the questions off your beautiful. no 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 so i uh, so the last one about you specifically i guess before we move on to kind of the the more exciting stuff here okay so you've just Touchdown in Las Vegas. I think I'm exciting. It was it was a beautiful, smooth flight in. Um, you're getting ready to go to LVO 2022. Please God, let there be an LVO 2022. Um, <laughs> COVID is not a thing, right? You you get a cab from the airport to your hotel. Which three 40k players do you share that cab with? I'm already going to see Chuck at the tournament. Chuck doesn't need to be there. The cab is myself with Richard Siegler, John Lennon, and Nick Natavati, and here's why. I had an opportunity to go with those guys to the can hammer team tournament with them. And we also had Andrew Gagno on our team mm-hmm. and uh, spending the weekend with those guys getting ready to play tournament games is pretty exciting. There, there, there's a lot of energy to those guys. They've all been very successful. They all love the game. They all want to win. And there's an energy before they compete. That is really a neat thing. And I'd love to have 15 minutes of that before the tournament. Well, that's just, just energy leaching. Off of like the the, the yes, popped I, callers. I would like to take their energy. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I want to take their energy, and then I want I want them to fail. That's really what <laughs> I want to suck. They're like, they're, what's the TV show? Uh, oh, what we do in the shadows, where there's the energy vampire. I just want to like <laughs> oh, yeah. absorb all their energy and have them all be like, and but, I'll just be like, guys, you know the funny thing about Vegas is that the the, the taxi cab takes a longer time to get back. You see, because there's a circle. And circles are really good because of the track. Then it's like, oh, God, Colin, shut up. And then I take all their energy. I have just this great image of you jumping out the cab all, like, refreshed and raring to go. And just the three of them just, like, despondently just slumping out of them. Just like, ugh. (laughs) 
Nick's asleep, asleep in the lap of the taxi driver. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, that that's already the positive energy. That's like round four Nick energy. Um, oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier you are, we mentioned earlier, you're, you're the host of uh, Best in Faction podcast. Um, for those who aren't um, aware, what what is Best in Faction? Uh, it is a, uh, competitive 40 K I was going to make a joke about how much our name doesn't make sense anymore, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, no, best infection podcast is a competitive 40 K podcast. that is about people that go to tournaments actively trying to improve and we want to help everybody else improve as well. It is, um, when we started, uh, there was nobody doing just competitive coverage, uh, much at all. Everybody was doing a mixture of hobby and all the other stuff. And we found that when we listened to the shows, we didn't get a lot out of them because there wasn't, because the people weren't saying things like, Oh, well, you know, this list is really good against this list for these three reasons. And when you play this game, you have to remember this thing. Like there wasn't people actually sharing the knowledge. And so Mitch, uh, uh, kind of came to me and said, Hey, I think we have a lot to say about 40 K. I think it'd be really interesting. We should do this show. And Mitch actually said, I have a lot to say, but I will not be able to organize any of this. But you seem like someone who could organize everything. And I said, you had me at organized. <laughs> we were, I, I really do. I like event. I like, I like planning charity hammer. It's a lot of work, but I like, I like all this. I like the planning and the organizing and the building quite a lot. So um, originally it was going to be, Mitch, at that time, Mitch was really good, and I was just a guy. And so the show was going to be, I was going to kind of have the, the, the question role, right? Like, oh, I don't understand how blah, blah, blah works. But then life changes, you know, and Mitch wasn't able to play in as many tournaments and then had to take a break from them, and I started winning. And so the whole thing kind of just, our format just changed to, let's get Chuck on here, and then every time we go to a tournament, let's uh, talk through our games. And... uh Nice. We were absolutely, we were absolutely thrilled when Chapter Tactics referred to us as the um, podcast where you have to show your work, because we try to have these people on that everyone's had on, like these people that win LVO or SoCal or whatever. We try to have them on, and we try to to focus on why did you make your list this way? What did you do? What were you thinking in this game? Like we try to make it as much about the strategy as we can. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're actually uh, about to come up on our three-year birthday yeah nice on our three anniversary here in about two months i think that's awesome so that first episode you guys recorded um what do you remember about that like was everything going to plan um kind of was it what you expected it was going to be no and well the first thing i noticed is that if i didn't have a time that we had set to record that had an end time we would not stop because mitch had a lot to say and the initial episodes are Colin getting asking questions and trying to get Mitch talking and then getting impatient when Mitch won't stop talking. Uh, <laughs> he had a lot to say and it was and it was all it was all interesting, but I'm impatient. And so I get to a point where I'm just like, I want to talk about the next thing now. And so we had this weird dynamic where we would and Stephanie would say, Oh, you're gonna record for two hours? Okay, I'll see you in four. And I'd be like, but, but and then yeah, and then we would just keep going and going. We used to there was a couple times where we split the episode in two to release it because it was so much us talking. But the first episode is called, um, it starts with a storm and begins with a storm. And the reason why is because the storm of silence is at that time was the competitive major in our state. Um, 
uh, a bunch of the other ones that have now appeared are great. But at that time, that was the tournament, and we we were going to go to it, and we were preparing for it. Um, and I took three Tesseract vaults, uh, which is an even worse list now than it was then. Um, I learned today that they don't they don't they don't fit in Dawn of War, so it's like oh no, really and also. <laughs> No, and I didn't know that. I thought that they would they would fit, but like a bunch of the larger Forge World models and also the plastic Tesseract Vault, it doesn't fit in Dawn of War, which is a really bad penalty, really bad, because it also isn't doesn't have it's not six inches or smaller, so you can't outflank it effectively either. Um, it's just it's it's just yeah, anyways. So I took three Tesseract Vaults to that tournament, and it was a terrible experience. Um, just awful. I started playing Tyranid the next day, basically. <laughs> and that was the start of the show. I'll be able to deploy these in the deployment zone, like throwing your like Tesseract yes. vaults in the corner. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to make three Tesseract vaults to build in my wife for, to paint them, but it was not, it was not a, it was a gimmick list and I didn't understand what gimmick lists were at that time. And it was just like, okay, well I went three and two, which is what this list was going to do. Let's go home. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, so what is your kind of your favorite episode so far? Cause you said you guys have been doing it for like three years. Um, what's, what's your favorite yeah. episode so far? Uh, well, we've only had Danny on the one, so, um, <laughs> so you only have one episode you can knock out of contention. On Wait a minute. One. That's not true. I've been on, I've, I've been on just not with you a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The best is when your co-hosts start making content without you. That's also great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, John, mean I mean it. I mean, like, don't hold your breath. I, like, I got, I got really busy, and Mitch would say things like, "I want to talk to Andrew Gagno for three hours about guard," and I'm like, "Okay." And then he would do it, and I would edit it and put it up. Originally, I started listening to them, but I don't have that kind of time. So I said, "Like, I'm going to edit this. I'm going to zip through it to make sure the audio is okay. And if there's editing that it needs, or you guys go completely off the rails, you got to tell me because I'm not going to catch it." We had an episode early on where Brandon Grant won LBO um, and the ITC. Uh, I guess that's not super early on, but it's two seasons ago now, uh, two years ago now. And um, Brandon is very thoughtful and very intelligent, uh, and uh, he talked with us about 40k like you would talk about 40k as a like if you were doing a master's class like if you were if you were in a class with all people that wanted to get a high level graduate degree in the subject it was that kind of conversation like everyone really got what everyone else was saying and there was this kind of there was kind of this energy to it and that episode came out and we got like triple the downloads that we normally do and just huge accolades from the people that listen to the show and i just felt like that let's do more of that i mean we failed horribly we've never done that again but i really wanted to do that again it was like you hear that danny we could have three downloads if we have brandon grant on uh, <laughs> so what's it called? like you're so as a podcaster like people have like a lot of thoughts uh, about about you as a person as a quote-unquote public figure of yeah. what's the, uh-huh. like what's the most common uh, assumption people have about you that is just completely wrong Especially early on, I had a reputation for being a dick at in the at the table, and um, what it was was that I'm a super anxious person and I didn't understand how to lose. And it's not that I just that I didn't understand how to lose. I didn't understand how to win while from losing. You know what I mean? Like I didn't understand to keep composure enough while I think I'm spiraling out of control in order to pull the game out, which is a thing that happens if you don't give up and just start acting like a fool. 
Um, early on, I acted like a fool a lot. And I feel like that, at least locally, especially, that was a reputation. Um, and then we started doing the show and uh, we really rubbed some people the wrong way. My personality in particular, there's a bunch of people that just actively dislike me on the show. And they had no problem writing in to tell us about it. They were often constructive, but they were still just basically saying, we don't like Colin. Uh, and I just, it's, it's fine. Uh, it really is. I have kind of a, uh, I would rather say too much rather than not enough. That's my personality. I want to, I want to be funny and to be funny, there's a certain amount of vulnerability and you're going to sound like a dick sometimes. And you're going to sound like a fool sometimes like that explains, you know, Danny, right? Uh, so, so there's a certain amount of like, of just like open awkwardness. That's my, like, I also have sold software for 20 years and a big part of how I sell software is I'm just open and nerdy and weird. It's just the way a big part of me. So, um, I rub some people the wrong way and I meet them at tournaments and sometimes they say things like, I really thought you were going to be hard to play against and it was great. And I think that's wonderful. I try not to focus on the, I hated you to this moment part of that. And just focus on the, <laughs> the now we're positive. now we're okay with each other. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that it's it's hard when you talk as much as I do, as much as we do online. And also, uh, I talk. You know, the, I'm the majority of the talking on on the show because of I'm running it because I'm keeping the agenda going and everything. Uh, and I think it's hard to do that job. People get jealous of your podcast success, which, like, when someone says, "Well, you're a celebrity," I'm like, "No, no, I'm not. I am a." I'm a Z-list personality on the right. internet for a niche game. That is for a game, for a game that the vast majority of the populace doesn't know exists like that. Like, no, not an internet celebrity. Is there like uh, a worst term in the world? Like Danny, I know like people the come up to us. Celebrity. We're like, stop. Yeah. Like stop. No, it's just bad. Yeah. You know what is flattering, though, and I'm sure you guys get this, too, uh, is when you're walking through LVO and people are like, hey, you must be Colin. I like your show. Like, that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm down with that because I'm, I'm really distinctive sounding. People come to me from far away to tell me that at LVO. And then I introduce them to Chuck, who they did not recognize because he does not have the the volume and uh, weird and strangeness of my voice. Well, they just thought it was funny. <laughs> that's right. What's great is we had listeners uh, smuggling us beer into LVO. Um, that, that, that was kind of, I think, our, our highlight there. We're like, whoa, that's cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, but we have very different We have very different listeners. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Venn diagram is like just two circles at this point here. <laughs> so what's... So, the three of us? Are the three of us the people that are in the middle of those people? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> if somebody was talking through their tournament games the way that we do if someone was doing that when our podcast came out power to you we never found it and now it seems really common course to kind of talk through turn by turn what happened in your game on these on a lot of different podcasts and it's great and i love it and i strongly believe that if we weren't the people that kind of got that rolling i think we helped popularize that and i think that's great because it's instead of being, how do you do at the tournament? Well, I rolled like shit, which is what most <laughs> of the podcasts were three or four years ago, um, to a bunch of different great podcasts talking about their games that, in really interesting ways. Like I think that's a that's a change that that, that that the tournament scene needed, and I love it. And if we had any part of that, and I am going to take all of the credit because this is three of us talking, 
uh, then that's that, that's fantastic. But the, obviously, the biggest thing that we've done is Charity Hammer. So, what is Charity Hammer? Uh, Charity Hammer is a stream marathon of the best 40k players I know. And when I say best 40 40k players, I mean good at the game and great people. Uh, and I don't. Danny. I don't invite any. No. <laughs> Danny's one of the people people we invite because people think he's nice. I don't know if he is. That's just what people think. Yeah, I have the opposite problem uh, as you, Colin. Like, I have people like, come on, oh, man, you're Danny. You must be really nice. And then after the game, they're like, you are such an ass. <laughs> that was one game last month. <laughs> well, what was funny about Charity Hammer, and I'll, I'll, I'll finish explaining Charity Hammer in a second, but what was funny about Charity Hammer is that Danny came to it, and I had I knew you were good, but I had no idea how good you were, and you started beating big-name people, and I'm like, go Alaska. Like, I had no idea what to expect. Because, like, you know, all I'd ever heard you do is trash your meta and how you hate everyone in Alaska and how they're all terrible. That's what you said, right? It's real fair. I mean, <laughs> no, no, our meta's great. It's surprisingly yeah, robust. Um, I like a good robust meta. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, what we do is we do a stream marathon. Started as one stream, quickly became two. Now it's three. And we just we get everybody to my home and we just play 40K nonstop for days. Um, and we do it in a way that is as, as informative and helpful as we possibly can. We put people on every stream to make sure that Everyone who's listening and watching can ask, ask questions and knows where the lists are and understands what's happening. Uh, we we uh, make sure that the players are comfortable sharing their thoughts about, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do next. And then in the middle of it, we do the hardest, what we call the hardest RTT around because it's a seated uh, single elimination tournament with, well, okay. So the last Charity Hammer, shortly after Charity Hammer, the LVO was one first, second, fourth, and like fifth, sixth from LVO were all people from that RTT. Um, so, uh, yeah. And the reason we do it is to raise money for uh, children's hospital for uh, child's play, which is toys and games and things for children's hospitals. Um, and we do that because uh, we have a strong connection to that. That is a story I've told a bunch of times, but basically Kids, sick kids suck is the summary. I don't want to tell the story for the 15th time. Um, and so we do this big streaming event, and over two years, we raised $35,000. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really an, a magical thing for me. Um, I've never done anything that cool. Uh, uh, it really is amazing how much people want to get involved and how open people are to it. And how open they are to coming and share and being on stream a lot. Like, I think the first time we did it, John Lennon played like nine, like twelve games in three days or something crazy, um, all on stream, just like a machine, just going through the reps. Uh, so yeah, that's char- so that's Charity Hammer, and we will be doing Charity Hammer once I can safely have my friends travel to me. So yeah. sometime later this year. We will be doing Charity Hammer, and we, we have invited Danny again, who I know Danny's year might be complicated, so we'll see. But we invited Danny, and uh, uh, we'll have, you know, another 30 or so people, and we'll do do it all over again and raise more money for the children's because the children should not be unhappy while they're sick. No, yeah, no, that sucks. 
Um, yep. But you also, you're kind of expanding this year because kind of COVID's kind of making you adapt. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we were going to push off charity hammer and um, we have a good, good friend, Chuck's best friend for life, basically. You know, the guy, the guy that you've known since high school that you, um, that you always stay in touch with. Uh, that's, that's the, yeah, that's these guys, Vince and Chuck. And Vince is a longtime member of the Pacific Northwest Warhammer community. He's one of the people that taught me to play when I was 16 years old. Um, and Vince has uh, what we'll just call super serious cancer. Um, it's really, it's really quite bad. And unfortunately, as you guys know, uh, our healthcare system makes the punishment for getting cancer financial wreckage for your family. That's just kind of part of the deal. So we have this friend who's very, very sick and we can't spend time with. And at the same time, also in setting his family up for some really unfortunate financial times. And it's just, it's just money. It's not what's important, right? They don't need the added stress of that. So what's important is the time that they have with him, not worrying about what things are going to be like after he's gone someday. Uh, So we wanted to do something for for that. Uh, And it was really important to us. Um, so Chuck and I started talking about what we could do and I talked with, um, I think at this point it's five medical professionals about, about COVID basically. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit over the top. I don't want to, um, I don't want to do anything that is reckless or involving COVID of any kind. So, um, I'm just, so I talked to all these doctors and I came up with this plan. That's basically, we're going to do a marathon stream. We're going to do it for two days. We're going to do two streams a bunch of the time, but mostly one stream the whole time. And we're going to use all local people, the best people I can get locally. Um, and we've had their lists helped by Art of War to make sure they're playing the most competitive stuff that they can play and that they know how to play it and that it's going to be played at a high level. These are all good. These are all, uh, for the most part, these are all GT winning people anyways. So it's not like they're just some guy that we gave a, a you know a Necron list to or whatever. Um and so we're going to do this stream and we're going to raise money uh, like we do charity hammer. Uh, and we're going to raise money for two things for Vince's family. Um, and also Fred Hutchinson cancer research, which is the um, organization that has helped my mom and my dad between the two of them four times. Awesome. So uh, cancer's yeah. Cause cancer's stupid. Sick kids, bad cancer, bad. These are Colin's hot takes. Dude. I love your, uh, uh, your taglines for these. Uh, they're, they're great. Yeah. Cancer bad. So hammer out cancer is the name of the event. Um, and we'll be, we'll be doing an RTT into it. We've made this RT double elimination just to get, just basically to make it more fun. So on the fourth round, the undefeated person will play whoever's went won the, the loser's bracket. I think that gives somebody a chance for redemption, which is kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll do that. Uh, we're also going to add commentating. That is really a trial run for charity hammer. So all the people that are Charity Hammer alums that can't come, Nick and John and Siegler and uh, Danny and Adam from Australia and Darren from Canhammer, the Falcon, of course, all those guys are going to do commentating for our RT game, RTT games. Um, we figured out a way to do it in real time where you'll be able to hear us playing the game so you can kind of follow what's happening. And you'll also hear the commentators talking about the game at a high level and telling us all the things we're doing wrong, but of course we won't be able to hear them. Uh, we're going to give out a ton of raffle prizes. Uh, the big raffle at the end uh, is for a beautifully commissioned painted Necron army. Um, and along the way, there will be many other raffle prizes of unopened 40 K product. 
Uh, we'll also be doing a uh, bracket challenge for predicting the RTT. That wins you an unopened new inbox night. So lots nice. of swag to give away. Um, and the way that you get that swag is you donate. Every $30 you donate uh, is a raffle ticket. I basically keep a giant spreadsheet. Once you've won, you can't win again. Um, and then we ship you your thing. Uh, we've given away thousands of dollars of product over the years at this point. Um, I've, I've, I've learned how awful it is to ship all of these things, but I still do it. So uh, that's what we're doing. And we're doing it following a uh, very, very uh, extensive list of precautions uh, that I'm going to write up and post for those that are, 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 if you're worried or you're wondering or you're curious what I think an actual tournament would have to look like right now to be a good idea. This is what this is what I think, and you won't want to do a tournament if by these rules. Um, well, definitely yeah. to help out and kind of set his family up there, and that's just some amazing stuff you're doing, Colin. Um, uh, especially yeah, no like so charityhammer.com. Sure, just want to make sure I say well, charityhammer.com is where you'll the agenda links to the streams, the the PayPal link. There, it also will link you to a Facebook page where you can say you're interested, and then you'll have real time updates of what's happening at the event. Charity Hammer. That was the thing I always forget to say. Dot com. Dot com. Wonderful. Uh, we, we've kept you a long time here, but I know Danny has some amazing hot takes that, that he wants oh, to share with you. Oh, I'm good. have to do those. That's fine. No, no. I don't want to keep calling you. Oh, no. No, no, I'm good. They're, they're short hot takes, though, and, and this proves to me that you, you worked on it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that you actually did something? <laughs> I feel like i feel like danny hasn't spoken at all and i would like to hear him talk. no absolutely and that's that's one of the things is like it's been me talking this whole time which no one likes uh so yeah danny absolutely throw throw some hot takes in there uh while i step away from the microphone for like two seconds all right we're gonna start with something that's a little bit outside of the game um what are the best kinds of bean what is the best kind of beans is this your hot take or you want to, you want to get my hot take? Yeah, no, I want, no, I want to know what, what do you think is the best kind of beans? I think, I think kidney I, beans are the best kind of beans. I don't really like beans that much. I think that they're all kind of fun. <laughs> so that's my mind being blown. I understand that that's not in the spirit of the hot take. Um, but yeah, well, peanuts are technically a bean. I like peanuts. Okay, that's a good answer. Peanut is a great answer. That's way better than mine. I thought kidney beans because they they have uh, a stronger flavor than most other beans. I feel like um, but peanuts yeah, turn but... into peanut peanuts peanuts turn into peanut butter, and yeah. I have strong strong I have I have strong feelings about peanut butter. The rest so, of these is, questions, the rest of these hot takes will be bean based. <laughs> okay, can we? Talk Fred about really peanuts? also likes peanut butter, so he has a strong opinion does. on peanuts too. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, so as, as far as like you, so I think the, so should, and this is something that came up uh, earlier in the Biff pod discord, which is great. And you guys should definitely join it. It's definitely worth your $5 a month. Um, should the game be balanced for the top best players or the middle of the pack? What do you think about that? I think, uh, for yeah. me, I like, I think it should be balanced for the middle of the pack. Cause that's the majority of people, but it has to be. It yeah. has to be balanced for the middle of the pack. It has to be. Uh, if you balance it for the top, so we've seen this a lot. Um, it was not hard. If you would tell LVO, so at the end of the, the reign of Yunari, okay, I played Yunari at LVO, at the, the LVO where Brandon Grant won with guard. So two LVOs ago. Yeah. And uh, that was the end of Yunari. Yunari was, the rules were destroyed shortly thereafter. At that yep. tournament, 
you could win every game against an average player with Yanari, and they had no idea what to do. Beat them. And, but, uh, 30 people in the ITC who were, like, all there, any one of them would dismantle you. There was the issue with Yanari wasn't that it was unbeatable. The issue with Yanari is that it was it took a incredible level of veteran player to defeat it. That that means that that's not balanced at the top level. That means it is balanced at the top level, but it's not balanced in the middle of the pack. The end result is that you end up with this list that everyone feels terrible about. The Castellan list was the same thing. It wasn't unbeatable. Right. It just was terrible for everyone in the middle of the game. So you, they have to do it that way. The problem is you don't want a list that in the right hands can't be beat. Right. And exactly. I think, I think, I actually think we're there right now. Um, I know there aren't a lot of tournaments in the States for us to look at the results from, but um, through the games I'm playing and the people I'm talking to, I think the White Stars list that John Lennon and I are playing, um, if there was a tournament right now, you'd have to be, uh, there'd have to be a decent skill gap. You'd have to be decently better than me to beat me. It's my, it's how I feel about it. Now I'm about to play it in an RTT against my friends in a week and a half. So I'll lose all those games and look like an ass. But my, my, my general opinion is I think we have a problem right now where there's a list that would take an incredible level of veteranship to beat, and you can't have that. You just can't have that. Yeah, and that's definitely a list that rewards, uh, like, really good player skill. Uh, White Scars does, for sure. Well, all, these, all the things that I've done best with, the Tyranids and the Yanari and the GSC and, the, and now the um, White Scars and the Tyranids again, uh, which is actually what I want to play at a tournament right now. If there was a tournament tomorrow, I would actually not play White Stars and play Tyranids. Um, cause I, Just I because it. familiarity? But, or? Um, I actually think that the Tyranid thing I'm doing beats White Scars. So okay. we'll find that out at the RTT. Um, I, think I've, I think that Alex McDougal and I have accidentally made a thing that counters Marines really well. Uh, nice. And, and we, we weren't intending to counter Marines, but... Um, I, my Tyranid list with the Damacarons and Swarmlord and stuff, it's big monsters and medium guys and little griblies, and it's everything I want to play with, and it plays so fun. It's so much fun. White Scars are fun too, but this, the Tyranids are really fun. Anyways, we've gotten off topic. They, I'm, well, I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, my, I was going to say my hot take is I agree with you. Okay, cool. <laughs> Middle of the pack, yeah. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad my to hear that you're going my, back to... <laughs> My hot, take, my hot take is that Forge World Tyranid models are broken, powerful, and without them, the army is trash. That's my hot take. Uh, uh, just the Macurons or also the Hyraduels? <laughs> uh, everything in that book, all of the Forge World stuff is good, except like one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I pretty much I, agree I, I did. I did. I did order the dragon. Well, Forge yeah. Forge World will eventually... Forge World will eventually someday ship me the dragon, and I am going to take it to a tournament. The Haradon or Hordon. Every time I say it, it sounds like Hardon, so I'm trying really carefully to pronounce it differently than that. Well, it gives you one I don't, I don't people it's amazing. Think that I don't want people to think I'm putting a 16-inch by 16-inch erection on the table. <laughs> oh, oh, they know. Like well... <laughs> Not not the square, not the square erection. That's not good. Sorry, Danny. What's your next? That's what's, called the brick. What's your next hot take. Um, yeah, it's called the brick. <laughs> well, that kind of that kind of leads me into my next question. So, statistics in 40k, how important are they to determine what your kind of list you're going to take to an event? And by statistics, I mean like 40k stats, like army rankings. Does that does that change what you're actually going to bring to an event? Man, that Falcon guy is worthless. 
No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> 40K. Uh, uh, okay. I personally don't use his stats for that at all. Yeah. Um, for what I'm going to take to an event, even a little bit. Um, I do take, I do think the stats are super important for understanding the meta. Who's playing what, how com- yeah. yeah, how common is it, and what is winning? Um, oh, well, that's the way I do use it. I do use it for thinking through how I'm gonna, what I'm going to do against the top the armies that are winning the most. Um, I do use it for that, to kind of give me a reality check on what's actually good right now. But I wouldn't use it for what I'm going to play because I, you know, it doesn't, <laughs> player skill is a thing. Like, there's a, there's a lot of bad orc players. There's a lot of bad Tyranid players. That doesn't mean orcs and Tyranids are bad. They, there's, that just means that there's a lot of people playing them that are hobbyists more than they're competitive gamers, and that's fine. But, like, how many orc armies have you played against where everything's kipash and gorgeous and amazing, and you trash them in the game, right? Like, there's lots of people like that, especially for things like orcs, especially for space marines. Sure. There's tons of people that have gorgeous space marine armies where every single model is named. And I think more power to them. Great, good on them. But they are not good at the game. And they are not going to beat me. And they, their numbers in the win-loss do not help me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, yeah, I definitely look at it uh, as well in like kind of the, in, in the sense that I'm looking at what armies are going to be the most popular and then trying to decide uh, like what things I need to look out for and what kind of matchups I'm going to, I'm going to have to face if I'm playing in a big event. So yeah, like basically the same as you. Cool. I'm glad our hot takes yeah. are very similar. That makes this easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the most prevalent positive character trait in 40k players? It's not hygiene. Well, okay. Mm. Well, I also have negative here, so we can we can get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cross that one off right now. <laughs> I I have played several people that smell bad, and that is unacceptable. If you cannot yeah. figure out how to smell good for a tournament, you do not need to be there. I will still be nice to you, but I am judging you so fucking hard in my head <laughs> the whole time. Like, who are you? Can you not afford deodorant? I, should I help you? Should I give you my deodorant? Like, what? How is this? <laughs> How is this relationship going to go from here? Am I going to, um, do I need to pay for you to have a hotel room? Are you homeless? Did you sleep in your car? Why do you smell like urine? Like I just, uh, okay. Um, well, now I know in Vegas, instead of like well, paying for a hotel room, I'm just going to go up to call them without the odor. <laughs> well, now I just feel attacked. I can't help that I'm incontinent. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I saw, I, I was, I was, I, I told you that I was, uh, Stephanie and I were talking about Danny today, but Danny, but Stephanie doesn't know Danny's name. She refers, she's bad with names. So she uses nicknames for like everyone. And she calls Danny not Chuck through a story that I'm sure you guys have told previously. Yeah. And, and, uh, I told her that I stopped calling you not Chuck and I've been calling you often more. And she got <laughs> mad at me. She did not think that that was an acceptable thing for me to call my friend. And I said, but I came up with it and he said it was accurate. So there you go. You know, when Danny so pulls out the sweatbands, the game is on and he's like really trying. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. like, that's not even a metaphor. It's not even a metaphor. Like when I look over to the table and he has his John Cena like headband and wristbands, I'm like, shit, this game is going intense I- for him. 
<laughs> I too think of John Cena when I look at Danny. <laughs> the resemblance is uncanny. Okay. You're exactly. Just much you look like him as much as you look like Chuck. Um <laughs> so uh, I do have one. I I think the 40k community in general is incredibly welcoming and kind. People yeah. are awkward because there's a lot of nerds and there's a lot of software engineers that don't spend a lot of time talking to people. That's fine. That's basically my entire friend group. Don't that's not judging. Um, but when I started playing again, I would go to the local games workshop store and I built a strong enough friendship with the, with the manager that he was at my wedding. <laughs> and I met many friends there that I are now on my 40 K team and I traveled to tournaments with, and I could come in and I could say, uh, I'd be playing Necrons. I'd be like, I need a catacomb command barge or no, some, something that's a dual kit. I need blah, blah, blah. And I don't know what kit it is. And someone would not even the own the manager. Somebody would get up and walk over who doesn't know me. And they'd be like, uh, this guy, this, this builds this, this, or this. So if you want this, it's this one. <laughs> like, and then I'd be like, and then I want to kit bash it. And I need bits that are kind of like this. Oh, if you looked at the age of Sigmar, blah, blah, blah. And these are just like strangers at a store. And I think that's really common in 40 K. I think everybody wants, the game to be successful and everybody wants everybody to play it and everybody wants all of their friends to spend all of their money on it. Right. Like we're all enabling each other so hard all the time. Yeah. By this. Yes. By that. Yeah. You need this. You should get this. This would be really like, it's all very encouraging in my experience is what I would say. Yeah. And that's probably a better answer than mine. I was going to say inclusiveness, like, like, like we're like usually pretty good about making sure that people feel welcome. Although some parts of our community are less like that um and they can just fuck off and die but like i would i would agree with you except that it's really sexist oh yeah no 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 and i I agree with that like uh i would i was gonna say like but for people who are starting the game i think that there's like especially people who are having problems like our community is really great at helping um which is something that i i really like about uh, i like about our community yeah for sure and I just stumbled upon my, my better answer for the worst part of the community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the, the reality is there are not a lot of women playing the game. And I don't believe it's because it's an inherently male, male game. Um, I think oh. it's because of how, I think it's because of how people treat the women in the game. Uh, I really do. Like, and I'm going to, I'm going to soapbox for a second because it's not my show and I feel comfortable doing so. Uh, <laughs> There's a there's a there's a public. I'm not going to use any names here because I don't want to make this story more even more. Uh, but there's a member of the community who's fairly public, and a stream was being hosted on his computer, and a message came in from someone that he was seeing, and it had a nickname for her that was not <laughs> probably a nickname that he wanted her to know about. <laughs> and that's uh, that's dumb and everything. But people found her because that person only had one friend on their Facebook that with that person's name, people found that person and messaged and harassed her. And that is so over the top unacceptable that I I was so mad. I had to avoid, I couldn't talk on discord for a day because people were were making fun of that picture. um, And I just couldn't handle it. I just couldn't handle it. It's just, and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of boys club stuff. That's very like, you know, if we roll, it's like rolling in the 1950s, calling everybody a dame and abroad, and this is a men's good stupid. Anyways, I think I don't know how to make it more inclusive for that, but that's that's the biggest problem the community has, in my opinion. Just just to jump onto that as well, in that kind of like specific, unspecific yeah, situation, please. it's like the internet has given everyone this level of comfort that is not okay. 
Um, and then the way that yeah. they talk to you. And then, yeah, this person made a mistake and this thing happened. <laughs> that is in no way the girl's fault whatsoever. So, yeah, give oh, the no. guy shit and kind of, like, really write him on it. But don't dox the person. That's just an asshole thing to do. And like I said, the internet yeah. and the way these communities have set themselves up, because, you know, you have, like, your different little internet camps, um, has given everyone, like, a sense of confidence, like a false sense of confidence that they really shouldn't have. Um, and there's a lot of players who need to really examine their social skills because what they think is okay yeah. really isn't. I had What's internet tough guy syndrome, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had an internet tournament game where the game next to me was a where there was a one of the five women at the at this this tournament, and the, the the her opponent was just being terrible to her, and then I played him next, and I thought, Jesus, this is going to be terrible, and he was lovely to me, and so I kind of baited him into talking about his previous game, and he's like, well, you know, that's stupid, and he used all these like super awful feminine like trashing women words, and it's just like, would you call? Would you talk like this about a man? Because I don't think you would. It's just gross. So I don't know. We need to be more inclusive. If you see a woman in the hobby, please be nice to her. <laughs> like, please treat her like she is a human being with equal rights to you because it's 2021. 2021. <laughs> don't be stupid. Don't be a dick. That's my hot take. Man. Yeah, no, no, no disagreement from either of us for sure. It's a real snappy uh, tagline yeah. as well. Don't be a dick. 2021. Yeah, don't be a dick. <laughs> that's from that's from Penny Arcade, the guys who do charity ham- or do a um, child's play that we donate to the child that we do charity hammer with. They had a comic a million years ago that said, "And remember our internet rule: don't be a dick." Like and and like they just wear they have shirts that say "Don't be a dick" that people used to wear. Yeah, because you should just don't be a dick. Just don't do it. No one needs that. Yeah, hard to agree. I'm hoping right. that there are more hot takes, so we're gonna be this excited. Oh yeah, no, no, I got, I got, I got some more. Um, okay. All right. So, uh, what's the best 40k podcast out there? What should people be listening to? Other than us and you, because that's right. That's of course. I mean, that's obvious. Um, right. Uh, I like Art of War. Well, actually, I like 40k Stat Center. It's on hiatus, but 40k Stat Center is my favorite. Um, and uh, but Art of War is uh my other favorite um i think that that they do an excellent job breaking down the game at an incredibly high level um at really like talking through why things work and and how things are happening and there's lots to learn from that i really dig that show it is your uh, other favorite other than other than us oh art of war jean damaris does such a good job of uh like really just he does he does a good job of looking like he doesn't know what's going on, but then actually yes. like expounding on these ideas. Like it's amazing to, for me to listen to that. And then having talked to John, like, yeah, he's really, he's really good. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, he does. He does. He's doing a character that's super helpful. Yeah. And that character that John Damaris is doing is who I was supposed to be on the show originally <laughs> on BiffPod because I didn't, I didn't know because I, I was, well, no, I wasn't going to be that character. I was going to, that was me. That was who I was. Like, I didn't know anything. I was just going to ask a bunch of questions and have Mitch educate, educate me. How dare you have skill? Uh, well, talent and, and luck is really helpful, too. Um, but yes, skill, sure. True. Uh, all those are useful. <laughs> yeah, they're all good. They're all good. Uh, 
yeah, it, uh, the Art of War podcasts are great. Uh, and there's, I actually, when I started playing again, I really listened for a long time to the independent characters. Oh yeah. Uh, that's not, that's not a competitive podcast at all, but man, do those guys love themselves in 40 K and they'll spend three hours talking about the background of dark angels or whatever, and save me the time of having to read a million books. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Cause I like the lore. I just don't, I don't have time to read, read a bunch of black library. But I dig the lore. I've always liked it. I think it's interesting. I want to know everything that's happening. I just don't have the attention span to to uh, read every Black Library book like many of you do. Yeah, I think when I want to get really hyped about something, like I'll listen to an independent characters about it. Because uh, like you said, like they're, they're like Forge World book reviews is what really drew me into podcasts in the first place. And it's fallen off a little bit. Um, but it's still a great place to go for kind of like getting excited about lore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're like one of, they're like the biggest 40K podcasts, like, ever right by far that's probably true but they're yeah. on, they're on yeah. hiatus right now but they're still um they're still amazing yeah i really what's like the, them. what's the main what's the main guy's name i really like him i reached out to him and he was really kind to me carl tuttle um yeah carl tuttle that's right i i reached out to him uh early in my 40k before i knew anyone and i was like oh my god he responded it was like this big deal to me uh i don't remember what i asked him but it was something uh yeah, he was. He's been. I've I've uh, talked to him online a few times. He's very very kind. Great guy. Anywho. Okay, I, I, like that. I was I was just gonna I was just gonna mention if you uh, if you're really fiending for the Falcon and Val, you can always listen to them on the 40k adjacent show on the on the Honest Wargamer, uh, and I because I, I love their. Oh, I love their, uh, uh, just their flow. Like they are so, like their banter is very good. And uh, so it helps me to get through the fact that I, I don't get to listen to 40K Stat Center anymore or for the time being or much. Yeah, yeah. Um, that show's really funny too. It is, it's really good. All right, last question, Colin. What is your favorite unit in the entire game and why? It used to be Shining Spirits. Okay. But, but I, I but I don't think they're fast ones out of the... You've seen them, but just for the people that haven't seen them. We made them out of the EL Riders from Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, they're my favorite 40K project that we've done. So I, I did all these tournaments with these, so like this labor of love where my, my wife and I built these special Shining Spirits for me. We used a heat uh, gun to bend their tails to make sure they were the right size so that I wasn't modeling for advantage. Uh, they used to be that, but they're not as fun anymore. So here's the combination of model, rules, and lore. Okay, okay. Swarm Lord. Okay, Swarm Lord is a ba- Swarm Lord is a badass mofo. He is his rule. First of all, his inherent ability makes makes the game ten times more interesting. Like his special ability is the the biggest modifier to how interesting your list is over pretty much any model. I'm sure there's other examples of this. I just haven't thought of them. But but like being able to double move things in an army that's as fast as Tyranids opens up a ton of lists. And then you in addition to that, he's a really cool model that I love. And he's one of my wife's my favorite my wife's favorite one of my favorite paint jobs of my wives. I couldn't make that sentence work. Um, <laughs> and in addition to all of that, he's got good psychic powers and most importantly than any of that, he likes to beat on things. And he's really good at it. 
And for most of the time I've been playing 40K, none of the big monsters were good. Like, he would never played with a Bloodthirster or in 8th edition and 9th, which is all the playing I've really done competitively. You never play against Bloodthirsters. Like, only losers would play with Bloodthirsters, right, John? That's absolutely right. <laughs> uh, well, only losers would yeah. play with one. Winners would play with seven, which I think is the maximum I think we theorycrafted you can take. And there's different kinds, so you can get around the rule of three. Is that the deal? Yeah, yeah. The list is terrible. Uh, Danny and I theoried it out okay. on the table, and I got depressed after one dice roll. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's Fair right. <laughs> one, one bloodthirster at full bracket killed the majority of one intercessor squad. Five man intercessor squad. (laughs) So, so the thing is, right. Nobody was playing with bloodthirsters. Nobody was playing with, um, any of the big Tyranid monsters, the, the Trigon or the, any of the stuff that's bigger than Stormlord. Right. Right. And then, but, but because, because of the way the list worked, he could hide like a scared little girl. Now that's sexist. I shouldn't say that. He, all children get scared. He could have been a little man. There you go. He's a little boy that's scared, um, and he hides early in the game. And then late in the game, once many of the threats to him are gone, he parades around the table going on adventures and smashing things. Um, I've had him kill a Castellan in combat. I've had him yeah. kill uh, – I've had him be in combat with um, three different smash captains and just keep rolling his three-up invuls and slowly kill them. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was at Nova. <laughs> Where I, he got charged by three smash captains on the same turn, and it took him two battle rounds to be done with the fight, but he did not die. That's awesome. Because <laughs> he was like, "Well, well, sometimes you just make three ups." So, um, yep. no. So, I, yeah, I, I love Swarmlord's rules. I love how he looks. I don't care that he's like three hundred points. Don't care. Love him. I would uh, pay good money. I was gonna say I, I would pay good. Are. I would pay good money to see the face of your opponent as you keep on making your invulnerable saves. Yeah. Luckily, I won that game handily, so it wasn't like the rest of the game wasn't him saying, if you, if you. And that. sometimes dice are hot. It's a thing. Yep. Can't fight the dice, man. So I want to hear your guys' answers to this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm super curious. Oh, um, all right. So for me, my favorite model in the game is uh, Eldrad. Eldrad is my very favorite character in the fluff. Oh. And uh, on the table, I wish you were a little bit more representative of how good of a psyker he is. Um, But, uh, yeah, he's acceptable. Um, And I wish that he got – he used to give out, uh, oh, Phantasm for free, basically. Like, that was his deal um, in in older rules. Um, And I really like that part of him. So, yep, I I miss – Eldrad is my very favorite character in the game. And now – if you had said, what's your favorite Eldar model to play with? I probably would have said Eldrad. Yeah. I played with him in all, in all that double spear and Ari. I, I had him. Um, uh, and, you know, because the plus one to cast was really strong in that list. No kidding. Um, the, consecu- yeah. the, consecutive, the consecutive casting. But I liked him so much that I started calling him the, the original Pimp Daddy on the table. And my <laughs> wife heard that. And she, and she took my, she took my uh, Eldrad and she glittered his staff. So my Eldrad is the is the original Pimp Daddy and does have a glitter Pimp Cane that he will hit you with. Nice, um, but but sadly, I've not gotten to play with him recently because my uh, my regular a number of reasons call him El Jerk uh, oh. because they hated him so much. 
He's also like the, he's like one of the only elves that's on foot, but T four. He's just like, no, I'm tough. Leave me alone. He's part crystal. He's T four. He's yeah, mostly he crystal. Oh, is that what point. the deal is? Yeah, he's so old that he started to turn into crystal, like Farseers do. Oh, okay. I do. I do like myself some Eldorad. John, what's your answer? Okay, so wait, we're going for Eldar models, because uh, I have two answers for this. No, 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 no. <laughs> Any armor. Uh, mo- so my favorite model of all time is the Demacaron. Um, I love that model so much. Um, I think it really came. We're actually ma- we're making it our own. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it came we're from. We're making it our own because my wife hates that model. <laughs> so, so I think I love it because it was like for me, like I like I attach memories to things and, and kind of like I, I place sure, yeah. value on that. So it was like the first model I put together where I really got Forge World. So like I got like the washing part down, the assembly part down. Um, and then it was the first model I got where I have like six, seven thousand points of tear and it's painted somewhere. But it was like the first model I painted where, <laughs> Who I, knows where? where I have like I got the color scheme down and it looked good and I was happy with how it looked. And it just has so many cool little details like the chest is open to kind of pull the dude in. Like the claws are giant. The, just the model is like very imposing and very intimidating. So I took like all this time okay. to paint up the two I have and they look amazing and I put them on a tabletop and of course they're 80 feet tall so they instantly died. Um, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful model and they did just such a good job on it there. Um, and then, uh, just to share my Eldar love, cause I also have thousands of points of Eldar. Um, I think Azerman, um, for the time he was oh. sculpted, um, his posing and his detail is just so indicative of his character. And I love that model just so much. I really like the shadow sword. <laughs> like if we're just talking model. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. I, I, okay. I played I played I played double shadow sorted in LVO and there's a there's a World War II history nerd in me that just loves how Guard has done like I like the Lehman Russell a lot too like just how Guard did how they did the tanks for um, Astro Militarum is just great and when I put together I I got uh, a shadow sword for Christmas years ago and I sat while the kids were playing with their toys I sat and assembled it and it was like I was so tired of putting models together but like the inside of me is like this is a tank. Tanks are great. This is a huge tank. <laughs> look at this. Look at this fucking huge tank tread. Look at this. And Stephanie was there, and I'm like, look at this big, big giant tank tread. She's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, so yeah, there you go. Memory attached. Um, Beautiful. I have two of them, and, and annoyingly, they they show our education in painting. One of them looks much better than the other one. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the way it goes. So yeah. So that that would be the other model if we're just going off just the model and not its rules. I don't think they're good right now. I just like the model. See, I'm lucky where the Demacaron is good right now, but when I was playing it, it was terrible. <laughs> I like the... Yeah. I, Go ahead. I haven't lost with the Demacarons yet. Nice. Yeah. John, are you talking about the one that you painted like the Indominus Rex? Uh, no, that was the one I painted for my buddy Josh. I'm painted, like I have oh, one okay. in my uh, purple and white scheme too. Um, but like oh, the, yeah. okay. that one turned out amazing. Like my buddy wanted me to paint it for him, so I painted it up, and he wanted it like monotone, just like blacks and grays and whites. And I added like a bunch of flesh like in there, but I think it turned out like super cool. It did look good. I own that now because he was selling it. I'm like, I want that model back. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I knew. I thought that you had it. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, I do. Like when I heard he was selling his nids, I'm like, no, I really like that model. Give it back to me. 
I think I'm a, I, I don't, I'm either an Eldar player at heart or a Tyranid player at heart. I go back and forth, but they're, I've played a lot of other armies at this point, and my love for them is just much stronger. Uh, the models and the way they play and all of it, all of it. And re- specifically, I own a lot of Dracarian stuff, but that stuff is not, it's never grabbed me in the same way. That's the model line in general. Um, I don't really, the Harlequins are fun, but I don't really like their models as much as I like the Craft World stuff either. Sure. Yeah. If you had to pick, the, the reason I, I brought that up is I was curious. And like you have, you have, you're like me, you own a bunch of different few at heart. Like it, like if, if any one thing could be good and you could play it for the next year, like what's the most exciting faction for you to play? Like, what do you love? Uh, Oh man, that's hard for me to say. Um, I mean, honestly, so God, I really like craft world Eldar, but I like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I really like Wraith units. So like I have a lot of um, Wraith cards, and uh, I really wish that they were good. Me too. Yeah. So and Wraith and Wraith Lords are good now, which is well, they're decent. Um, I'm really glad that they, they were, are. They were better. better at the end of age. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to them going to nine wounds and not bracketing. That's going to be a big deal. So, are they going like to do the, that? Like the like the Wraith series. Okay. I just assume <laughs> that they're going to do that. Maybe not. How about you, John? What's your favorite army? Um, I think Death Guard is really kind of where I found my niche. Um, I know like I've changed away from them to kind of Chaos Demons because I didn't want to kind of, um, play them kind of like post Forge World and then post New Codex. I'm kind of waiting until the new book comes out. Um, but I'm really kind of digging mm-hmm. their play style and like where I find the most enjoyment, uh, in the game, like, like you there, Colin, is like with the jank and with doing things that mm-hmm. require a skill to execute. So I never want to be able to turn around and like have my opponent be like, oh, yeah, you won because you just ran this like internet list that's just like Reviathan or kind of things like that. Um, so kind of finding the weird combos and the jank is really good. And like this past eight, nine months, I think I found a couple of like really solid death guard things that really work for me um, that I got really excited about. Um, but I don't think that lets me use uh, yeah, cool. the, ass- the assault phase, to be honest. Like, that's why I think I like Tyranids. That's why I think I like the death guard I'm using. The corn I'm using, um, mm-hmm. the assault phase is just the extra movement phase. Uh, so it's kind of, I don't care if I mm-hmm. wound you or not. I'm just going to end up closer to the objectives than you are. Just shooting people gets boring, too. Yeah. Like, I played I played that five tournaments with Tao, and at the end of that, I'm just like, man, I really want to punch something. Like, I want <laughs> I want something to run across the table and get in combat and cause problems. Yeah. And, like, I took, yeah. an, I took an all-close combat army with no flyers to a GT. And, like, I, I won, like, a couple of the games against, I think I won a game against, like, Elder Flyers and against Tau. And it all came from not kind of, like, obviously, like, close combat damage, but just controlling what my opponent did. And, like, I find, like, my most satisfied when I limit your options uh, on what you can mm-hmm. do and kind of really force choices on you. Um, and so, like, Death Guard helps me do that. Corn has really helped me do that. Um, and so, like, that's where I find most joy. Okay. Yeah. Well, Danny, what other hot takes do you have for Colin here? That was that was it. That was it. I'm so, I'm, I'm I'm out of takes. 
<laughs> those were good takes, though. Those Man. were awesome. Yeah, yeah. Colin, thank you so much for those those amazing insights into Danny's hot takes. Um, your controversial opinion on beans will live on forever. Um, <laughs> this episode won't be called Peanut Butter with Colin. I just, like, I haven't. That's fine. <laughs> I have no problem with that. I, I, uh, I hadn't really thought about bean ranking before, so you did catch me a little bit off guard. Like, <laughs> like if we talked about, uh, we could talk about pie. We could talk about, uh, you know, the Reese's peanut butter cup and how some of the shapes are better than others. Like, there's lots of great, great hot takes. I just, I just don't care. Like, like I, I will die on the hill that the tree-shaped Reese's peanut butter cup is the superior form. Because uh, of the higher amount of I, peanut like, butter. That, in that's there. a hot take right there. It's the ratio is different for sure because Holy of how they, the process of which they made it. I can't believe you're talking about this. I had this conversation like, like literally less than a week ago with my wife <laughs> and she was wrong. So it's, it's, it's trees. We're all pro tree over here. We love trees, but then the Easter ones come before the eggs. normal ones. Yeah. The eggs and then, and then, then the, the normal ones. ones and then that, and then the bullshit. No, then the bullshit thin ones. <laughs> I want, I want, like, why why are you thin Reese's peanut butter cup I'm not gonna lose weight by eating you Let, like don't don't fuck around what's going on here <laughs> yeah I, I actually the little ones I don't like them nearly as much as the big ones either the the taller ones that are smaller the mini ones yeah there you go there's there's a there's something I'm more passionate about than beans peanut butter and chocolate man man you Fair. you you've got peanut butter in our chocolate for sure um <laughs> check check out Colin. That dirty. <laughs> that's that's how it was meant to sound. Um, but if you like what you're well, calling, I'm just saying. Check, check him out for more hot Reese's takes on the best in faction podcast. <laughs> also be sure to go to charityhammer.com and participate. If you can donate, donate. Um, but absolutely check out some really top class players, some play some amazing okay. lists, um, and then prepare for summer. Uh, for Charity Hammer, where I know we're going to be covering Danny's training, and I'm sure I'm going to make some kind of weird montage, like Rocky style, to really hype you up for it. Oh, um, I'm so <laughs> jealous for for, for that. I there. need a John in my I need I need a John in my life. <laughs> it's like I, I I get my value uh, and I keep my spot by by just doing weird shit like that. Uh, but Colin, thank you so much for joining us. Um, and yeah, well, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Earl Hagen was a legend. In 1960, he whistled his way into Hollywood and into our hearts. Decades later, he made a comeback, lending those lustrous lips in the 1980s to such bands as the Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, and Pat Benatar. A half century after his humble beginnings, he's at it again. This time without cumbersome musical accompaniment, he'll have you wetting your whistle and whistling along. His new album, Earl Whistles Disney, is sure to be a hit with all generations. Order now and receive a bonus album, Earl Whistles More Shit, a collection of previously unreleased material of Earl's favorite songs through the years. On this bonus album, he demonstrates his newly mastered technique of inward whistling. Order yours today on compact disc or double-length cassette. Also available at fine retailers such as Walgreens, 
CVS, and participating Sam Goody stores. Earl Whistles Disney. Buy it today. Oh, man. Uh, thanks again to Colin uh, from Best Infection for stopping by to talk to us. That was an amazing conversation. Um, I was a little like, it's like, how is this going to go? I was never really kind of sure, but it was a, a great conversation. Uh, Colin, of course, an awesome guy. Um, and yeah, yeah, had a lot of fun. It was great. Uh, that was, yeah, I, I, I definitely had a lot of fun in that, in that interview. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And definitely charityhammer.com. Um, go there to, to find out everything that's happening this year with a uh, hammer out cancer charity hammer proper itself danny is going to be a large part of both of those uh, i'm super excited to kind of feed danny lines uh to really forward some grudges for me um that is i i think what i'm most excited for more than anything else um heck yeah yeah heck yeah uh well danny, i don't think we really have much to, to go on we, we're working on some cool stuff for next episode here um let us know what you think of this interview format i mean we're, we're having a lot of fun with it we're really just getting to talk to our friends uh, about our hobby which is not a bad way to spend kind of an hour and 20 minutes um yeah and it's always good like especially in this in this day and age to check it to check in and check up with people and like be a little bit social in that way and that's been extremely it's been extremely entertaining and fulfilling for me for sure oh yeah yeah absolutely so we have a couple people we reached out to uh hopefully we'll be able to announce something um and just yeah it's been a lot of fun man it's hard not to talk about those faqs definitely check them out though um and let us know uh what you think of them because we'll definitely spend some time uh the start of the next episode kind of going over some of the big changes and kind of some of the things you're gonna see uh a little later on uh so sorry go yeah they came out and uh i had a voice chat this morning with uh the members of our patreon group Oh yeah, um, you did. And, and so- we went over some of the, some of the, the different stuff. So thanks for our Patreons. That was super fun. I always like talking through stuff with people and they picked up on stuff that I missed. So it was definitely, definitely pretty fun. I want to, I want to just reach out here real quick. I know he doesn't listen to podcasts, but the guest from our last episode in us, um, WTC all-star captain of team Scotland, um, skull alter denier. Uh, <laughs> no longer no longer uh skull alters are now officially 40k models again um so just you wait because i own one and i'm never gonna run it because man are they okay <laughs> but they are now legal for for competitive play in warhammer 40,000. also oh, blood, that's good uh blood crushers went down five points Oh, that was surprising. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. They're they're forty points each now instead of forty five. Stop it. Next episode, we're gonna talk about. That's fair. I just want to point out that that now instead of going, oh god, I can't take those. Those are so expensive. I'm like, oh, I can't take those. They're too expensive. Um, (laughs) but good to see changes. So yeah, next episode, let us know what do you want to see, and then also like we have some ideas about people we want to talk to. Who do you want us to talk to? We'll reach out, uh, yeah, and then yeah, we'll we'll have those conversations. Uh, like we've talked to Innes so far, we talked to Colin, um, and there's the the only way is up uh, after Innes. Um, so yeah, let, for sure, for sure, let, steady rise since then, steady steady rise. Uh, so let us know who you want to talk to, uh, who you want to hear from, what do you want to hear about, uh, and you can do that through our Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter um, at was it Hi John Q? I think it is. Yeah, I think it's Hi John Q. Um, and then Danny at Villicate Five. That's me. Super exciting. Well, you know, Danny, I don't think I have anything else to talk about. I will say the one thing um, that is weird about recording the way we record now 
is like that we we spend the majority of our time recording one night and then the next night we get together for like five minutes to do like an outro and it feels quite strange but that's okay (laughs) well yeah but it's but it's a it's a new format new way of doing things and you know changes sometimes it's good to change stuff hell yeah new year new us uh so so for for mob rules i've been john i've been danny and we'll uh, see you next time Anecdotal.